Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pruitt with Rising Tide Startups, and my guest today is Dane Shuda. Dane, thank you for joining me on Rising Tide. Thanks so much for having me on. So I'm, I'm really interested to hear the background. Can you share a little bit about Dane with our listeners? Sure. I live in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, not too far from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, married, two-year-old daughter who's giving us a run the last couple of years. And uh, yeah, from Wisconsin originally, went to college in Wisconsin, uh, always interested in business, got into catalog marketing as my first job. Kind of in my spare time, started getting into kind of curious about online marketing, blogging. From there, became a personal blogger, kind of writing about what I was learning about at work and uh, personal interests. Would try to write one blog post every night. After a year of that, became a freelance blogger with one client. And since then, the last 10, 12 years, it's kind of grown into a blogging agency. So I guess that's kind of the real quick rundown of my professional life. That's the genesis. So if you had to kind of pick a, a time period or, uh, you know, what would, have, what would you say was the zenith of blogging? Like 2013 was the high water mark of all bloggers, you know, globally or, or is it today? What is the, where, when or where was the high water mark? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. I know, so I started blogging late 2008, 2009, and it felt like a beginning, like, yeah. uh, like uh, the, the wave was starting to gain some momentum. And I know it had been going on a, probably since the internet had started. I know, I think WordPress kind of came along mid-2000s and internet connection speeds started to get faster. And so those late early 2000s seemed to be cresting. And then I think the last 10 years, it's just, it's accelerated Mm -hmm. as far as people being interested in it and, and businesses doing more of it. So. Is there a, is there a learning curve for businesses that let's say they're not blogging now, let's say they have a website and, and they're using kind of other channels of marketing when, when you talk to them about and, you know, kind of sell your services, is there, is there a learning curve that the business owner has to go through to see the value of blogging? Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's a long-term ROI. So it's, uh, I mean, any blog that any person would start from scratch if they don't have an audience built up already takes years to build. You know, after a year, you definitely see some traction. Your posts are starting to get some, some views, uh, Google usually takes a while before they, they kind of trust your website is kind of how it seems that they look at it. Um, so that's definitely in kind of an instant gratification world. That's a, takes a while to understand. But what I find is a lot of business owners also understand that if you're doing something like blogging or even social media or video or podcasting, it, it, it takes a little while. So it's, I just, we like to make sure that we're on the same page with our clients that are, that are coming to us. So they're not expecting, you know, a viral post the first time out or anything like that. Right. Right. 
And so you and I are going to step on an elevator. We're going to go up 10 floors. You got about 45 seconds. Give me your business pitch. So this, I've tried to get better at it, but basically any business that wants to write blogs, uh, attract an audience, attract people to their website, they don't have internal resources to do it, or if they don't like writing, that's the niche we fill. We have a team of 50 writers all over the U.S., and they have experiences in a lot of areas, industries, and we'll make sure you have a blog, whatever the schedule might be. So is, is your service simply the creation of the content, or does it also include you know, helping me if I'm the business owner, does it, does it help me with SEO? Does it help me with, you know, pushing this out, getting it in social media, you know, just getting eyes on it, on the, the post itself, or what, what's the kind of the comprehensive nature of the service? So it's, it's, it's been the core business has been blogging and consistent blog posts on uh, usually one post per week, uh, sometimes more, sometimes less. But over the years, the last 10 plus years, we've done website content and social media sharing as that's increased in popularity. So blogging has been our core focus, but, and we've seen that benefit from an SEO perspective. If you, uh, if you have a lot of good blog posts, it kind of raises your authority. So your mm -hmm. homepage ranks a little bit better and, and you can kind of take the blog content and repurpose it as social media content. And so we, we kind of start everything from the blogging perspective, but have helped a lot of clients with a lot of other content as well. So, I mean, I, I've never met somebody that just woke up one day and said, I'm a blog writer. So take us back to kind of the genesis. I mean, <laughs> what, what, was the, what was the initial like impetus that, that got you into writing? I mean, did you, did you grow up, say, I mean, go through high school and say, you know what, I really want to major in English. I want to write. I want to write books. <laughs> I want to write a novel. I want to write, a, you know, movie script. I mean, what was kind of the, the, the initial entry? Not even close to wanting to be a writer. <laughs> I was always interested in business and if you would go back and speak to my English teachers in middle school, high school, they would probably think that me being a writer was, was probably the last person. <laughs> I, it's, I think I didn't like the school aspect of, of writing, but in college, I took one creative writing course as an elective. It was uh, short stories and poems, and, and I, f I liked it, but then I kind of forgot about it. And for whatever reason, writing a blog was appealing to me, kind of have a introverted nature. So writing it, it was kind of right at the genesis of social media. So it was kind of, you could express your thoughts and connect with people. And so I just kind of fell into it by happenstance. It wasn't anything in my history that showed that this is the course I was going to take. Well, I, you, you know, at some point in time though, I mean, people would call you out as a fraud if you couldn't deliver. So, I mean, yep, obviously, yeah. even if it wasn't something you are, you're, you're, I mean, I can imagine <laughs> my, my English teachers in high school probably would encourage me to go into math, but <laughs> the mm -hmm. whole idea of, you know, at some point in time, you did have to kind of learn the skill and, and kind mm -hmm. of, you know, learn how to write, how to write well and how to write in, in a concise form and creative form and, know really get your ideas across so what was the what was kind of the the process that you went through to really learn how to write blog posts well 
I read a lot of blogs in the mid to late 2000s. And when I started writing for, for the first year, I, I wrote one post every day at least. And my whole goal was to, for whatever reason, I, I kind of made this challenge for myself and, and I wanted to do it. And a lot of the early ones weren't any good, but every once in a while, you know, you'd get, you'd share one on Twitter and it would get a certain response and you'd kind of learn from that. And you continued, I would keep reading blogs and see how they would structure it with uh, proper introductions, headings and formatting and, and all the things you kind of just pick up the more you do it. So, and then when it came time to, to do it as a business, as a freelancer, then it was definitely more of you got to deliver every week or whatever the schedule was, which I've always prided myself on being reliable. So that part also was, was something that drew me into blogging was the consistency of it. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I love the way you kind of frame the, the idea of, you know, looking at other blogs, seeing some of the things that, that others were doing well and, and seemed like that they, they really were kind of getting some traction. But that's a, that was a perfect segue into the next question I was going to ask you was, have you discovered the, I mean, is there a secret formula to creating a blog post that has the potential to go viral? So as far as that, I don't think you can predict it. And what I would say is the secret is quantity. And I'm, I've, I've, I used to have a blog where I would write about country music, like history of country music. It was just kind of a personal interest, but I came across a quote where Dolly Parton said she's written over 5,000 songs to get five hits. And wow. I think a lot of people would argue she has maybe a few more than that. But the point was, she's she wrote all 5,000 of those songs thinking each one would be great. and Or that's that's what you go into it as, even with blog posts or whatever. But she didn't know which ones people would connect to. So it's, it's just, it's really a numbers game. You don't want to... Th- it's not creative or novel to think of it that way, but but you really don't necessarily know which which ones are going to connect with people. So if you you got to stick to a schedule and do it consistently, and and eventually you're going to start getting some hits. I I mean there is probably a a point that that I could write blog posts for the rest of my life and never hit something. You know, it never go viral just because the quality was probably never going to be good enough on <laughs> each one that I would write. But I mean, I do like that. It's, it really is. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's, it does have to have good content. It does have to, to reach yep. Yep. an audience. It does have to, you know, touch on some really salient points, but I, I love the idea that, that you're just talking about. It's just sheer persistence too. You, you really don't yep. know what's going to be the trigger, you know, that kind of causes that to, to kind of blow up in a good way on online. But so walk us through, so let's go back and, and kind of walk through the timeline again. You said you were kind of, you kind of started late, late 2000s, just personal, just, just doing a blog post a day. When did that transition into, you know, instead of you just doing it yourself, when did it transition to an agency model? When did you like start kind of the ghost blog writers model? So I had a client, didn't, so I got that first client didn't start a website, didn't do anything. It was just a way to make a little extra money. 
And then uh, at that time, Twitter was pretty new and you could connect with people pretty easily. So uh, someone, business owner, I saw a post, basically a job listing. I need a blogger. I reached out, got that. That was client number two. And at that point, something sparked in my mind where maybe I should look for other writers and then I can try to find some more business and keep my full-time job and, mm-hmm. and maybe this could scale a little bit. So that was kind of around 2010, 2011. I started, I had a few writers kind of that I was able to connect with, offer them the work and I would started a website get some inquiries. I started going on job boards and seeing if anyone wanted a blogger. And I would just kind of, instead of apply, I would say, here's another option with our little agency and would just bring on more bloggers. So it was, it was fairly early on where I thought, I don't just want to be a freelancer, although I like it, but I was more interested in, in kind of being the owner of a business. And, and so it was pretty early on. If I started blogging in 2008, the agency thing really started in 2011, 2012. And so from 20, 2012 to today, what, what has been the kind of the trajectory of the, of the growth of the business? So if uh, 2011 brought on the first writer, today we have about 50 to 60 freelance remote writers that we work with. And some of them have uh, quite a bit of work. Some of them have just one to two clients that they work with for us. So um, I would say slow and steady. And part of that's probably just my personal nature. Um, We've had a few big jumps and things like that, but uh, just kind of slow and steady for the last decade. So when you say 50 to 60 freelancers, how many blog posts on average would those freelancers write a month? So they, on average between four to eight posts a month. Some are doing 20, some are doing more like one to two, but it's probably somewhere in that four to eight range per month. Are any of them, is it their full-time gig? Any of these, any of these riders would consider it their full-time job? More of, well, more of a part-time work. Maybe. Yeah. So it's definitely is for, for a couple of them, full-time work. And then we also have some other uh, things that a couple writers do like title brainstorming. But for most, I would say it's kind of a part-time thing. Some go to school. Uh, We have a couple parents that are full-time parents and then and kind of carve out a little free time to do some blogging to make some extra money that way. So mostly part-time work. And then some also have maybe a couple full-time clients that they work for on their own and then kind of supplement things they work with us. But, uh, so yeah, kind of more of the gig economy type thing is mm-hmm. what I would say where we are. So when, if, if you kind of project out for the next three to five years, um, where you think blogging is going to go, what, what do you, in your mind, what is like blogging 2.0 look like? Is there, is there a next iteration of the blog content posts? Yeah. So what I'm seeing now is people are, is, is, and kind of what we're pushing also a little bit is, is blogging as a starting point on your own website, you post the the full post. And then we're seeing a lot of repurposing on social media 
where you take a snippet. So like one section of a thousand word blog post, 200 words, you share that on LinkedIn. And then the next day you share another 200 words. And so I'm seeing a lot of repurposing. And I think that's also the case with video where people are posting video on YouTube and then snippets also on YouTube and also on LinkedIn. And so uh, the, there's the number of platforms seems to expand or just change. And the website, though, uh, has kind of remained the same. So the blogging has remained the same. So that, at least the way we look at it, that's kind of the starting point. But the repurposing has been expanding the last few years. How do you see the, the different mediums kind of overlapping? I mean, you, you mentioned kind of social, you mentioned podcasting, you mentioned blog writing, you mentioned, you know, a number of other things. How do, I mean, do they tend to feed each other or do they tend to overlap or complement each other? Are they competing with each other? How do you see them interlock? It, it seems to me, and I, and I think for a lot of people, it's, it's there's three basic mediums. It's uh, text, audio, video, and People have their preferences that they like to create. Some like to create video versus the other two. Some like to write. And then I think each person has their preferences as far as what they like to consume. So some people are what might be referred to as a visual learner. Other, people's like, to, other people like to read. And it, it's usually a mix for everyone. So I think that's always going to be the case. It uh, probably goes in cycles where... YouTube might have kind of the high point now and then podcasting has been getting really strong and text is always there and kind of also has its peaks. So I think there's always going to be a mix of those three and the platform might change, but that's kind of how we, we look at it. So as you, you talked about this, this kind of the slow growth over the last, you know, 10, 10 years or so, eight, eight to 10 years or so with, with your business, but I mean, we've, we've had kind of a, a recent crisis globally called, you know, coronavirus, and the, the COVID-19. What have you seen? Um, and is it, is it too soon to really tell? Has it had any effect on, on your business or and how are you dealing with that? It, uh, it hasn't had an effect yet. So kind of preparing to see if that happens. But uh, we've been seeing people are reading a lot of blog posts and people have been wanting to write a lot of blog posts still. So, so that part has still been fine. Um, the remote work part of it is it's strange because I've been working from home office for the last eight years. And so that part hasn't been a big change. Mm -hmm. And, but, but yeah, so far the demand, I think people see if everyone's home consuming media, whether it's video podcasts, blog posts, uh, there, there's a lot of demand for content right now. And I think businesses see that as well. If they, they can't be selling whatever they're selling, maybe they can build their brand during this time so that people are aware and can come back. So, so, so far, haven't seen a huge impact. I mean, I, it's, it's really funny because even with podcasting, I, I've seen just a kind of a real uptick recently mm -hmm. about and it i mean it, it is just another form of content creation but you're exactly yeah. right businesses are like they're kind of doubling down right now on what can we do can we make ourselves more lean can we get more efficient can we really kind of cut out the excesses but you know yeah. can we do go more remote work can we go more online presence can we go more 
you know, all these, these ways to kind of move into whatever it's, it's going to look like post, you know, pandemic, you know, situation they find themselves in. So, and I really like the way you've kind of framed that. Do you, have you seen an uptick on, on uh, potential blog writers contacting you to, to, you know, want to freelance for you? Are there people moving more toward the gig economy, toward more remote work? I think so. I think 10, eight, 10 years ago, it was definitely not the norm. I don't, it's definitely still not the norm, but I think over the last 10 years, bloggers or uh, people that have been interested in blogging, making a little extra money outside their main job, or a lot more people are doing freelance work full time and they want to maybe make a little extra money. So that's, that's been a growing trend. Uh, not just in the last few months, but but definitely it's been more accepted. More people are interested, and so so yeah, we we do have writers reach out and and just curious how it works, or they want to get started right away. So so yeah, that's been a growing trend the last decade. And if if, a, if somebody is listening to the show and they want to reach out to you to be a potential writer, what's the what's the best way to? And we'll wrap up again at the end at, at sure. the end of the episode, but. I'm just curious, what's the process for becoming a freelance writer for you? Sure. So we, so on our website, ghostblogwriters.com, we have a page for writers that are interested and it's got a kind of an outline of what to expect. And then there's a form kind of just basic, like what's your name, interests and things like that. We get that form. We kind of look at the form and see, can you write sentences that make sense, uh, formatting, punctuation, and nothing too crazy. But if, uh, if it looks good, then we'll, we'll have you write a first post, uh, which is just kind of a trial post. We pay you for it and we see how that looks. We try to give you a checklist of what we're looking for, an mm -hmm. overview. And if that goes well, then we see if there's a client that has a need right now, or if a new client comes along, uh, we send that to out to the writers and we try to see which one might be a good fit. But, but yeah, just pretty basic process, a couple little possible trip wires, but, but nothing major. So would you say you have more demand than, than writers or you have more writers than you have demand or is it a pretty good balance right now? It's, it's for whatever reason, it's always been a pretty good balance. It does, it does kind of go with the economy where if, uh, I know when I first started, there was probably more bloggers than, than interest in having blog posts written. So uh, that was like 2009. So people were getting laid off and, and needed to find work. And then as the economy does well, it seems like there's more demand for writers than there are writers because everyone's employed, which is good. So it, it ebbs and flows a little bit, but for, for the last 10 years, it's been a pretty good balance. So you right now, are you at the point that um, you are having to proactively seek business or is most of your, your leads or most of them inbound where they're contacting you and you're just trying to meet that need or um, what's, what's the balance right now? So early on the, the balance was, almost a hundred percent inbound. And that's, it's probably my nature and why I got into blogging is I'm not much of a salesperson or, or extrovert type personality, but uh, over the years I've tried to push myself that way. 
we still get a lot of inbound interest. And then I also do a little bit of outbound. So, and that's partly probably because of my nature over the years, conservative nature for growth, kind of taking it step by step. And then also wanting to make sure that we kind of practice what we preach where uh, we have this, this blogging strategy. It's, it's helping bring customers to us. We kind of use our own case study to sell the service. But, uh, but yeah, over the years I've tried to also include some, some outbound stuff to, to increase sales. On your, on your outbound, I'm just curious what, like out of, out of 10 clients that you would actually have a, a face-to-face, you know, chat with, or you have a phone call with or whatever, what do you think is the, is the uh, success rate out of, out of 10 clients that, that would actually sign on to your service? So it's interesting. I've, we've kind of set the website up. So when, an, when someone inquires, they're usually pretty interested. We, we do a free trial first post and a pretty good sign up rates, uh, definitely over 50% at that point. As far as outbound, if I'm, uh, connecting with someone on LinkedIn and just saying, uh, here's kind of what our service is. Don't know if you're interested, but that's kind of what we do. If someone asks for a little more information and at, if, if they ask, it's probably one out of four or five maybe wants to see a first post mm-hmm. and maybe two or three out of those five are then interested in a full blogging schedule. So so like any outbound, it's definitely lower than if they're coming to you, but mm-hmm. but it still is worthwhile to to do that type of networking sure. and outreach. Absolutely. I mean, even those numbers, I mean, would be would be high in, in a lot of industries for sure. I mean, just the success rate of of those numbers, absolutely. But I so you've you've kind of outlined the, you know, your your growth over the years and and things you've had to deal with and you know, things that have worked, things that haven't worked, but this is a, we're getting to that point in the, in our chat where I, I really want to drill down and you become the professor, you know, in our rising tide startup school, you know, space. And so just if you, if we've got listeners that are, that are thinking about starting their own thing in this side gig economy or, or starting, starting a startup, so to speak, give us two or three foundational steps that you think they, they really need to take, or maybe lessons you've learned you know, as you've started your own business that would be really helpful to someone listening? Yeah. So when I, it was interesting, I I tried to come up with, you know, a bunch of business ideas. I was interested in business, kind of knew I wanted to get into that. And then the whole blogging thing kind of fell into me. So like if I was going to start a business or something again, which, which I might do at some point, I think I'd try to look for where the opportunities are without any preconceived notions and, and almost kind of let it come to me, but kind of try to see what was working and see if there was a way I could insert myself or a new business instead of trying to like come up with the next big thing. What are one or two lessons that you've learned over the last eight years that if you would have known them then when you started your business, you think would have been a game changer? I think a big thing was, at least for my personality, was you're you're going to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to make decisions and kind of just, obviously, you don't want to make bad decisions, but you don't want to 
postpone things or not give someone an answer on something. Uh, be reliable, kind of figure, figure it out a little bit along the way, especially when you're starting out. Um, I've read a lot of entrepreneur biographies and, you know, a lot of times the first five to 10 years are just figuring it out. And so especially the first one to two years, you're figuring things out. And I think I went into it thinking I need to have it figured out now. And that's, that's just, it's almost impossible to do. So knowing that it's okay and that pretty much everyone in business feels that way kind of put me at ease later on to know that that's okay. I love the way you kind of wrapped us up today with this idea that, that, uh, you know, just, it, and it kind of tracks with your personality too, just this idea of being persistent and consistent and trustworthy and reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, and just seeing this as a long game, you know, it's a, it's a marathon and not a sprint. And, and I know that your employees would probably, you know, benefit from that as well. But Dana, is there anything that we haven't touched on you want to wrap us up with real quick, and then we'll just tell people once again, where it's the best place to find you. Sure. Yeah. I would just say it like, like we just said, it's a long-term game. I think that's the best way to look at it. I never liked the idea of retiring at age 40 or anything like that. I've always liked the idea of doing something engaging and challenging for as long as you can. And that's, that's how I try to look at business. And, and so that's, that's just what I would say is, is if, if you're interested in a startup, it's not, it's the first couple of years are important, but have the long-term view. So, so that's kind of how I look at it. And then just to connect ghostbloggerwriters.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, as far as I know, I'm the only Dane Shuda. So uh, feel free to search and, and connect with me. Well, we will definitely have those in the, in the show notes so people can, can find you online. And, and Dane, just thank you for taking the time today and, and uh, wrapping up a great week here at Rising Tide as that's our last last chat of the week and really just playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Dane, thanks again. All right. Thank you so much. Another episode in the books. We hope you had some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.